Hey, yo, do we got St. Louis on the line or what? Yes, we do. What's up? What's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no, of course. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. All right. Um, real quick, let me let the listeners know what's going on. So we just heard the Gateway City Sound LP in its entirety from Time and Pressure. Came out in 2019 on Safe Inside Records. And we are now joined, long-awaited, long much-anticipated, by James Carroll, guitarist of Time and Pressure. Yes, hello. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> okay, it's super sunny and blue skies and warm in California. What's it like in St. Louis right now? Man, so it's, it's pretty much rained all day. Uh, and it's I think it's down in like the low 40s. And it's been windy. So pretty much like the exact opposite of <laughs> what you just said. Opposite. So I'm sorry. Pretty, pretty much everyone I know, like in the California area, always that always says like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be like sixty five and and sunny all week. I was like, Cool man, we got like two feet of snow that day or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes and then and then we get uh and then when it gets like fifty five people start breaking out like the giant north face jackets and Dude, I love that. I think it's so funny. It's just like, yeah, it got down to like 50 today. It was like, dang, it got up to 50 today. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, okay, so are you currently, where are you calling us from right now? Uh, just my apartment. Okay, do you live like actually in the city of St. Louis? No, I live right outside of it. Uh, I live in like the suburbs uh, with my, my, my family. Um, I live maybe... 15 minutes from like st louis proper okay cool i've never been to the state of missouri in my life uh most people haven't it's pretty cool i i ride real hard for st louis and and just like missouri as a whole yeah. uh much to like you know my detriment i have a lot of civic pride from for being from a place that like kind of sucks so <laughs> it's you know it's it's cool i mean it's, it's a lot like a, every other like major city i mean there's there's parts about st louis that are really cool like our zoo is free and like the the history museum and like the art museum and stuff like that is free too. Yeah, no, that's what's up, dude. Right, riding hard for your for your city and where you come from is like I feel like something that uh, hardcore really, you know, a lot. At least when I was growing up, like a lot of hardcore really, uh, that always stuck out to me. You know, like every band or a lot of bands really ripped where they came from, um, and there's like a whole feel for whatever region, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that's always been like a thing for us. It's just there's not a lot of there's not a lot of attention to the Midwest as it is. So like being from, I mean, we're, we're a few hours away from Kansas city, Chicago and Louisville, which are like a lot bigger and a lot more known for hardcore than, than say St. Louis. So, so we've always, it's always been a big thing for us to like cape up for, for St. Louis and pretty much put like a Fleur Delise in like every single piece of merch we've ever made. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the album cover right now. And I was going to ask you about that. That's like the symbol of St. Louis right there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that's uh, pretty pretty known for being uh, attached to St. Louis just as a whole. So we've we've put that on just about everything that we've had that hasn't been like a ripoff of something else. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, okay, so yeah, we're we're live on the radio right now, um, ninety six point five FM KZAA. It's a local community radio station um, on the central coast of California. Well, we're like south central coast, like right above Ventura. Um, close to the home of Sound and Fury, um, mm -hmm. and we're we're talking to James, uh, guitarist of Time and Pressure, um, and James actually you actually helped make the playlist for the show last week, which a bunch of people loved. Um, the Midwest takeover, um, so thank you for doing that. A lot of people really loved hearing it. Yeah, there was a lot. You added so much cool <laughs> stuff that I, like. I, I, I was one like we talked about it and I was like, Yeah, I can do like a St. Louis one and then I started thinking about it, I was just like, Oh my god, like none of these are like, you know, set for radio like type of play and everything. Like it's hard, yeah. There's that was just like, I need your help, dude. <laughs> so like you added <laughs> like you adding everybody else in. There was like bands that you put on there that I wouldn't have expected like you to just like throw out and know like like I saw another mistake on there. Another mistake is pretty much like the band that time and pressure like was started to like emulate yeah yeah another mistake I love is that great band. yeah I actually... short. i've known tyler short for a long long time like he's a good dude like that that was like when we started time and pressure me and drew was like hey i want to start a band that sounds like another mistake if you want to do that <laughs> yeah definitely it's what i interviewed uh rejection pact i'm sure you've heard mm -hmm. of rejection pact They're on your on your guys's label too um yeah 
we, you know, I talked about Tyler Short because he did guest vocals on on their um, last record, and then I like did mm-hmm. this deep dive into the Midwest. I'm like, damn, this fool's in like every other band that comes out. Of the Dude, he's been in so many good ones. Uh, he was in a band called Rattletooth. He was in a band called Rattletooth. Like, okay, see, I didn't even back. find that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I've like looking through like Street Rat, Another Mistake, and I and. Uh, yeah, I was just like, dang, he's really out there doing it, man. That's awesome. And obviously Mm -hmm. inclination, like, you know, inclination is like amazing. Um, that's, that's the big one. That's the band that makes me feel bad for breaking edge. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you, why do you say that? Tyler's like the most straight edge person I've ever met. Yeah. I saw them at Sound and Fury in 2019 (laughs) and he was, he was laying it down pretty thick in a good way though. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not the overly annoying like preachy dude. He's he's always been really cool. He's probably like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, it's all right, man. I'm a drug and alcohol counselor, and I'm like six years sober almost myself. So, mm. I mean, Breaking Edge to me doesn't like define anything about who you are as a person. So yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and you're in time and pressure, man. Like time and pressure is like the band right now. At least like one of my favorites right now. Hey, man. At least we're somebody's favorite. Like that's you know. <laughs> That feels good to hear. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, so first things first, can we expect a wide-eyed noise diss track from, from you or Time and Pressure soon? <laughs> I really hope that that, like, picks up steam <laughs> and that people, like, really think that I don't like Eric. Because, like, I, I talked to Eric and uh, Matt Tyler and the guy, uh, Jerry, who runs Patient Zero, like, who put out the split with both of us. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to those three dudes pretty much every single day at some point. Like we, we had a split uh, come out early early last year, and we had a group chat for it, and we just it just never ended. We just talked pretty much every yeah. day about stuff. That's awesome. So I really dude. hope that it hope I really hope that it picks up steam that Eric uh, sucks because he does, and I want everyone <laughs> to know. I'm I'm glad that Wide Eyed Noise has like come back and like is doing stuff again. I've been doing some like random just like little pieces of art stuff and like helping Eric with like. Uh, just like graphic design stuff ever since he, he picked it back up. So I'm, I'm glad he's doing that, even though he is the worst <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Shout out to discourage and, um, and Matt for sure. Um, well let me know, man, if you lay it down on wax, I'll play it on the radio and we can get the beef cracking. Dude, we absolutely will. I'm going to bring this up next time I see drew. <laughs> um, okay. So real quick, just for everyone listening, you can find time and pressure on Instagram, uh, as well as all the time and pressure music on Spotify. Um, and you can, you know, follow my Instagram page for, you know, all the updates on time and pressure and everything. Um, so I've been asking everybody this, it might be like a question you may be sick of asking, but like, how has the last year been for you? Um, so the week of lockdown, we were supposed to go to California for, about a week of shows. Uh, everything was booked. It was planned. We were ready to go. We were literally like getting on the plane that week, uh, and we had to cancel. And it was it was going to be with Spirits, and then a few days uh, with Discourage. So we ended up having to cancel that, and then we just kind of, I mean, did like what everybody else did, and kind of just waited it out. And when it didn't yeah. seem like it was going to end anytime soon, um, you know, kind of worked around it. Like did a couple streams. Uh, the first one we did was really cool. Rose raised a bunch of money uh, for the Bell Project, and then we did another one recently on the Ben Sherman uh, Clothing Company's Instagram, which was a little weird. But they sent us a bunch of free stuff, so like that was kind of cool. <laughs> was that the one that was like in the afternoon on like a Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I caught some of that. Yeah, I remember. I caught some of that. It was dope. It was fun. Like they, we. Our, our drummer found like an ad that they posted saying they wanted bands for live stream. He told me to hit them up. I did. And they got back to us and then they sent us a bunch of free clothes and played a couple new songs and that's it. Yeah. That's but, what's I mean, man. The last year, I mean, we obviously no one got to tour do like everyone had plans. And I think like we utilized that time really well because we had a lot of the songs on the new LP were like kind of written. We had like eight of them that were pretty like, it was like skeletal parts of it, but we were, were rushing to record. We had to basically. We were just like, these songs aren't ready. We have nothing else to do right now. Let's just let's just work on them. So we spent like every week we would pick one song and then just like drill it until we got it perfect how we wanted it. And then you know I think we kind of just took that time to to solidify the riffs and stuff that we had and just make a better record. I feel like if if 
the record we wrote then would have come out, I wouldn't be as happy with it as I am what we did then. Because we postponed recording. We were supposed to record in April of 2020, and we pushed it to, like, mid-November. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucked, but we did what we could with the time. And I think everyone, I think it was a good exercise to see what we could do creatively that was outside of like playing shows. So we did like the streams and then like did some merch stuff and, you know, just tried to keep as optimistic as possible. Yeah, definitely, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it makes sense to, that you get the, you know, it probably feels good to get the record more dialed in than, than it would have been. And now you have like something that you feel really, really good about. Um, and I can neither confirm nor deny that I've heard it and it's really good, but, um, <laughs> uh, Oh, I was going to ask you what, what, like playing the live stream with no, cause obviously hardcore is, is so much about the energy of live shows and, and everything that happens in a live show and the like fan participation. It, uh, how much of a difference is it when you're just playing a live stream with no audience? Oh my God. It sucks. Like, <laughs> The, the first one was cool because it was it was around June, uh, so we no, we didn't really know what we were in store for yet. We didn't know that it was going to be like another like year pretty much until we got to play shows. So we're just like, yeah, we'll just have practice. Like it'll be fun and like yeah. we'll, we'll try to make it look a little bit better. We had like a soundboard feed and everything for it. So like it sounded cool and like it looked okay. So then when we did the second one, I was just like, yo, this broke me as a person, and I don't want to do this. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play another show like this until we can like be in a room with people i don't want to do like a socially distanced one yeah. i don't want to rush it i don't want to do like the weird outdoor thing i was just like no it oh god it like shattered me i was like god this sucks like it just like it reinforces that like yeah this is about as good as it gets right now and i'd yeah. just rather just wait at this point for sure yeah i i i know what you mean i mean uh Cause I'm like, I've been fully vaccinated for a little while now for like a couple mm -hmm. weeks. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm like, you know, really look, it feels like it's closer to me, I guess. And then I think about like, Oh, what could they do? That's like semi, you know, safe, like maybe. An, and then I'm just thinking about what a hardcore show is and I'm like, it's not going to work just like when it's completely safe to just have a room full of sweaty people yeah. ju jumping on top of each other again. I think like, you know, that's when it, that's when it'll happen this is the first time I've felt optimistic in a while. Um, most of us have gotten at least one dose. Um, it's funny because the two people in our band that got doses first were the only two people in our band that actually had COVID at some point. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. You guys, of course you guys should get it first. <laughs> so yeah. like, uh, me and Drew both got our first doses, uh, this afternoon, actually, like around the same time. Oh, damn. Then, nice, dude. Uh, yeah, so I, I it feels good. Like it's like I feel optimistic for the first time in a while. So yeah, definitely. Oh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm not looking forward to uh, the the person who books like the first show, like the first few shows when they come back though, because I know, you know, some people aren't gonna feel safe, and that's fine. That's that's their prerogative. Like you yeah. know, make your own decisions. But like, you know, no one's gonna be quiet about it. No, definitely. <laughs> but I think like at some point, you know what I mean? It's gotta like music has to come back in live yeah. performance at some point. Like I'm not saying disregard all of the, you know, not saying disregard all of the concerns, but like at some point it's like, we got to get, we have to get back to, or, you know, I'm not in a band, but like, you know, hardcore is a part of me. So like get back to doing what it is that happens at shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the, the center part of it. Like, I mean, since, since I haven't been able to, I've bought records a lot over the last year. Like I've, I've, I went from not having very many, like I sold off my collection years ago to just buying up a ton this last year. Just, I feel like to kind of like fill that gap a little bit, probably for sure. Yeah. That's, that's cool, man. Um, okay. So I have to be wary of time and it's already been 15 minutes cause these things oh, go, shoot. no, 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 it's, it, it's, it's all good. These things just go by so fast. And, um, okay. So were, have you been born like born and raised in the Midwest your whole life? No, I'm actually from Texas. Okay, nice. What part of Texas? Uh, I grew up in, like, I grew up all over as a military brat. So I, I was born in Louisiana and lived there for, like, a year or two. And then we moved uh, pretty much just all over the tech, all over Texas for most of my life. I moved to Missouri when I was uh, 17. I was a junior in high school. Okay, was that, like, a, a military move as well? 
No, uh, my dad actually retired when we lived in West Texas. Okay. And uh, he found a job up in St. Louis, so we moved there, and I finished out high school here. And I've just stayed. Nice. Was, I'll be 32 this year, so it was however many years ago. Yeah. Um. So did and and so how did you get into like how did you get into hardcore? Because you know hardcore is not something that like an average kid just like you know, stumbles upon. Um, so what did, did you get into hardcore like while moving around or was it not until you landed in St. Louis? Um, I got into it really young actually. Like, uh, I remember like I heard like Blink-182 and just like radio pop punk, uh, just like in the car with my mom. But, uh, I would listen to that a lot. And my dad actually like told me, he's like, that's that garbage. What you're listening to. That's not punk. Like this, (laughs) That's this right. garbage is and he played <laughs> he, he he played black flag he, he played the uh he played the, six, he played the black flag song six pack for me he downloaded it off of like kazaa or something like that to let me hear it <laughs> trying to like deter me from it and then it just it had the opposite effect and that's pretty i think i was probably like 12 maybe 13 that's fine uh, man when it happened and yeah ever since then you know it's it's wow. funny that your dad was like okay, this isn't punk, but this, and, but he like knew enough about what hardcore or what punk was to know black flag to show you that, but he still didn't like it. <laughs> oh my God. He hates it. Like he, he still hates it. But like when I was younger and I first started going to shows and stuff, like he would take me to the, the first few ones that I would went to and just like hang out at the bar and just like have a drink and just be like, yeah, go listen to awful stuff. I'll just be hanging out over here. <laughs> Do you remember any of, uh, any of those first shows that you went to, like any of the bands? Yeah, the first show I ever went to was at Sin 13 in San Antonio, Texas with the Rummies and Youth Brigade. I think the nice. California one. Nice. So um, I got into like punk shows first. And then I, I started going to hardcore shows when I was a little, like a few years later. Did you ever see MDC in Texas? I didn't. I've never seen MDC. I like MDC. Like I like the first few MDC records, yeah. but like I've never seen them. They played here before. They played here a couple times. But uh, I hate watching, like, old dude bands. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Like, I don't mind listening to those records, but, like, I, I really don't want to, like, see Agent Orange <laughs> when they're, when I'm, like, 30 years old and they're, like, three times as old as I am. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good at all that. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw Agent Orange once in my life, and it was on 420 in 2006, I think. And they were, like, it was, like, one of the coolest shows ever. They were just, like, so good. Dude, that might have been around the same time that I saw them. <laughs> they did a tour, and they, they played a, a small skate park in Texas. Uh, I lived in a spot called Abilene. Uh, it's in, like, West Texas, a few hours, yeah. like, west of Dallas. And uh, they played a skate park there. And it was, like, maybe a month before I moved to Missouri. Yeah, Agent Orange is cool, man. I mean, I they are, <laughs> but I but I'm with you on, like, the um, – unless it's Gorilla Biscuits, because I saw Gorilla Biscuits at the Roxy, like – and with fury in uh 2000 mm-hmm. it was 2019 i think yeah, yeah yeah and dude they were so good they literally like gorilla you know they have like two records they literally played like every single song they've like ever made i'm pretty dude, sure some of those some <laughs> of those bands can still do that like i've seen gorilla biscuits a handful of times i've seen youth of today twice and the only thing that like bums me out about like seeing youth of today like as their age now is just like when ray starts doing like yoga i'm just like come on man like <laughs> god i'm just like you're really challenging you're really channeling like that inner shelter and i just dude i, beef shelter. I hate shelter so much like uh, uh, i was just yeah i was just gonna say it checks out though you know like i've never seen youth of today but that totally checks out i i can youth see of today that. is like one of my favorite bands but like whenever i think about shelter i just like dude i could fist fight ray capital right now for that <laughs> oh that's funny um so what what exactly like how did you tra- i guess i don't know if transition is the right word but like move from listening to bands like black flag and stuff into more of like a hardcore sound like what were the first hardcore bands you remember getting into uh i got a rev comp from like their mail order they used to send out like nice. that uh i can't remember what it was called it was, like rev 100 or something like that i used to send out a comp um and it had like judge and like real biscuits used to today and like you know it had like the staples and it had some of their like the weirder bands like i think it had like on the might of princes and like uh there's a band on there called 32 frames that's from louisville that like I loved so much back then, and I found out like I think a year ago that the guys from uh, Miracle Drug in Louisville were actually in uh, Thirty Two oh, nice. Frames. 
I had no idea. I told him, I was like, <laughs> you guys were the entire, like, 32 Frames did a reunion in Chicago for, like, the Rev 25 shows, and they were the whole, like, one of the big reasons I went up there. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you guys are the reason. Like, I had the worst weekend of my life and drove five hours to go up to Chicago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> I got this, I got the comp, and then it just kind of rolled from there. Like, I just got really into, like, the early youth crew. Like, youth crew, was, like, was my first love for, like, a long time when it came to hardcore. For as sure. corny as it is, like, now looking back on it, like, I mean, I'm, I'm in a band that's basically youth crew, except, like, nobody wears a, a varsity jacket, <laughs> except, for Drew, except for Drew, I guess. But, like, we get we get youth crew comparisons a lot, and I'm just like, hey, I guess. I think most fast bands just get that comparison as it is. If yeah. you're fast and have palm mutes, people are just like, oh, yeah, like, that's a youth crew band. It's like, yeah, yeah. yes, man, whatever. I guess, like, yeah, I guess the fat, the, I mean, most all-time and pressure songs are fast, and there's no, like, really crazy, like, breakdowns, you know? um yeah we haven't so, added the ballad the ballad stuff yet or like the the slow jams maybe on the next record yeah but uh but i can get that comparison but hey youth cruise youth cruise cool man you know what i mean the whole like especially like the east coast like i you know i think that whole like that whole uh image of like you know the the jerseys the varsity jackets just like the the flat tops you know what i mean like the i don't know i think that's cool like i've never been straight edge or anything but like I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah, we we get the comparison. We got the comparison a lot when we first started, and, and then it was just like jokes about being carry on, basically. Ever since, <laughs> that's why I'm just like, oh my god! Like, I like carry on. I do, but like, yeah. I was definitely trying to rip off Count Me Out when I wrote that demo. Carry on. <laughs> I could see that. I could see the Count Me Out. Um, Yes, I guess I was going to wait till we talked about Time and Pressure more, but I don't know. I get like a really strong uh, ruiner feel from Time and Pressure, which is like weird because I bet you nobody else thinks that. Um, We get that one a lot too. Okay, good. I was like, hopefully I'm not just making some whacked out comparison right now. No, that's, that's, um, I think, I think a lot of that's probably Drew's uh, lyrics and the way he sings. That's Drew's favorite band. Oh, well, there you go. It checks out, dude. Like, it's, uh, I love, like, both of us, like, love ruiner. but yeah, that we've been getting that one a lot lately too, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with just like how he sings. He kind of sounds like Rob a little bit, and like you know the "woe is me" introspective lyrics on <laughs> crap. Yep, I def yeah, that's definitely that that's definitely what you know the connection I made. Um, Ruiner's also one of my favorite bands ever, and just like the pure like raw pain, but like energy. I don't know, I can't really describe it, but. Um, that's yeah i kind of definitely have felt that listening to time and pressure um okay one question i do have for you what is it like being a dad and a husband and playing in a hardcore band it's it's cool um i'm not the only one that has kids uh travis our drummer actually has uh, a son that's about the sa- a little bit older than my oldest daughter i'm the only one with two kids and i'm the only one in the band that's married travis is engaged now but uh you know it's fine we we work around it like yeah my my wife's always been pretty supportive like she hates it when we tour but like it's not it's never been like a big deal or anything like that it's it's just more or less about finding balance plus we don't really go out for very long periods of time anyway just do like a lot of weekends and four or five days i think we did like eight or nine over a summer one time so we're not out a lot or like for long periods of time it just seems more often than not i guess but I mean, it's cool. My kids think it's neat. Like for sure. How old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is seven, and then the little one turns five in a couple weeks. Nice. Have they heard the music? Yeah, yeah. They've they've heard that new record a lot. So I listen to that new <laughs> record a lot, and I'm not even ashamed of it. That record's good. But yeah, uh, <laughs> hell yeah, it's good, man. Again, I can uh, neither confirm nor deny I've heard it, but it's i imagine it's good <laughs> they, they think it's cool um they've gone to they went to a few shows before covid and they went to the ben sherman stream they were like at the the venue we were at for it nice uh they, they think it's cool like they've known drew their whole lives and so they they just like hanging out that's cool man yeah i interview a lot of people from bands who have similar you know who are who are dads and um, have families and it's, it's really like a similar experience with just working around it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we try to, uh, Travis, like he, uh, he has joint custody with his, with his ex-wife, with his kids. So like we work around his schedule, we work around mine's pretty lenient, but like Drew's a teacher. So like, it's all about just figuring out times at work and everyone's, uh, like significant other or like 
you know, the, everyone's pretty chill about it, like watching kids and stuff like that. My wife is like kind of annoyed by it sometimes. I'm not really looking forward to the whole like COVID's over. Like, hey man, sorry, like <laughs> yeah. going to Europe or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> I could definitely see that in the future for time and pressure. We were supposed to go in July. We were on a fest in Europe or in France this July, but obviously like things still aren't too chill over there either so yeah uh it's getting postponed until next year but we might go sooner than i think we might try to go in the spring of next year yeah that would be sick man um okay so i wanted i wanted to talk to you about uh midwest hardcore um so like i i kind of do this thing on this show where i pick a band or you know or a band hits me up and from a certain region and I take a week to really like dive into the scene in that region, like past and present and try and put together like a, a big block of music from whatever the region is. And so I did that for the Midwest cause I didn't know too much about it. Honestly, I'm not like a hardcore historian or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, right. I'm just like a kid who had a hard life growing up and I found hardcore and I really like it basically. <laughs> like, um, so in listening to the Midwest like bands, all the ones I had on the takeover and everything, it's like it's there's like a very there's a lot of similarities. And I don't know if maybe it was just me listening, but there's a lot of like just the struggle with being a human. You know what I mean? Like with the human condition, um, the, I, f I feel like I heard a lot about struggle with God and religion um, mm -hmm. and kind of just like maybe even just like the spiritual struggle of like what that even means to a person and like a lot of anger and it's a lot of it's really fast, um, but it all sounds like beautiful in a way. That was kind of like my takeaway from it, you know. In in uh, in short. Yeah, I mean, that's really well said. That's 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 a really nice way of being like, yeah, man, it's cold. Uh, God doesn't seem very chill, and uh, I'm mad. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, no, that's it for sure. <laughs> that's one. That's one cool thing I like about just this region in general. It's it's definitely not like there's not like a specific sound. It's very it's very like varied. Like St. Louis is kind of like that. There's like a, just a bunch of different bands doing all different things. There's not there isn't like another band like us from here, and there's not another band like Direct Measure from here, and just and like Blight Future and stuff like that. Like everyone's yeah. kind of their own. like there's there's bands that are like a little bit faster and stuff like that, but no one's really biting what the other one's doing. And I always thought that was really cool about just like this region in general. Yeah, definitely. And like Louisville definitely has their own their own whole. Oh my god, Louisville too, has you know? so many bands. Brian Prosser is in all of the bands in that city and they <laughs> all sound they all sound different. Dude, I know it's crazy. Um I I had never heard Wicked Garden before and uh I don't know what it was about them, but I've just been listening to them a ton since I since I uh put them on the block last week. Dude, good band. I saw them on there and I was like, oh, that's all. I always forget about because they don't really, they haven't really like toured or like they don't do, they're like just kind of, there's a few bands that are just like Louisville staples that like they'll just come out and play like Louisville shows every so often and it'll be a huge deal. And that, I think that's one of them. Good band. Like it, it definitely fills that like that culture of youth hole and just like that kind of like poppy, beachy sounding stuff, but it's from Kentucky. Yeah. No, it does, dude. And culture abuse is dead and gone. So like it definitely, uh, I definitely think it, it fills that hole for sure. Um, and so, oh, I wanted to ask about the LDB Fest, um, the lineup. So how many years has the LDB Life, it's Life and, De Life and Death Brigade Fest, right? Yes. And that's a label out of Louisville? Yeah, that's Tyler's label, actually. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah check, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, how, how many years has that fest happened now? Um, Alex and Ryan first started that fest I want to say in 20, maybe 15. And it used to be called Midwest Blood Fest. And it started getting steam, started picking up. And then when everything happened with Expire and Zach Deer, um, they, that's when they changed to LDB. So it's, it's been LDB for however long that's been. Uh, but before then it was called Midwest Blood Fest. Okay. Yeah. Like the one, I, I feel like, uh, LDB Fest 2020, it did happen, right? Was it like right before? Yeah, it was in February. It was uh, February 6th that weekend. Yeah, the lineup was insane for that one too. Did you guys play that? Uh, did you guys we, play that? We played the pre-show. Yeah, we played the pre-show. It was the most people I've ever played in front of in my life. And oh my god, I got I threw up like right before <laughs> I was so nervous. Like 
we we got to the venue and like it i was all scatterbrained when we got to the place for load and everything and like i i got a call from at&t like my cell phone provider telling me that like i was hacked and like i'm scatterbrained like trying to park the van with all these people in the in the van trying to figure out load everything and get it figured in and I'm talking to this dude, and while it's happening, I'm, like, getting scammed by this guy. Like, I'm some, like, 80-year-old person. So, Wait, like, so someone had hacked into your AT&T, like, phone account? Yeah, because I gave him the information because I thought it was somebody from AT&T oh telling my me my... Oh, so like, I, I figured so I, like, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And then, like, weeks Were you, like, on passed. the phone while you were driving, like, the van to the show? Yeah, like, we, oh I was God. on the phone through that, through checking in with, like, Alex and Ryan when we got to the venue. Then we had to go back to the hotel. During all of this, like, I'm on the phone trying to figure this out and not, like, fully aware of, like, what's going on because there's so much going on around me. And then, like, weeks later pass, I'm just like, why is my phone bill $1,200 extra? Oh, my God. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you gave your information away to somebody and they bought a new phone. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, my wife has not let me live that down since. <laughs> She's like, what are you, 90 years old? Like, how... I was just like, dude, I was in a lot of stress. Yeah, anyway, you were so, nervous, man. It's so like we play the show. That's and like, such a good story. I'm sorry. I drank a bunch of energy drinks that day. Like, I drank, like, I don't know, three or four. Like, I was drinking a lot of bang at the time. Yeah. I drank, like, three or four of them that day and, like, didn't eat anything. Oh. Threw up right before we played. Played. <laughs> got super high and then just ate a bunch of chicken strips. <laughs> okay so like, before you played or after you played you got high after okay immediately after <laughs> i'm sure the set was good though right it was cool like it was fun uh we did another mistake cover uh oh that's for cool. that show that's i've cool. been wanting to do that for a long time we were just like yo this is the place to do it like um is... one nine one nine seven was there he filmed it um i think he's getting like everything kind of situated with those videos so they should start rolling out uh a little bit quicker pretty soon nice yeah i've seen a lot of like really good quality videos i don't know if they're from hate five six or what but um no it's this guy, uh it's that guy 197 media okay. i don't know what part of california he's from i want to say it's like southern maybe like san diego like orange county area okay but um yeah he they flew him out or he flew out i don't know how it works but he uh he filmed every set that day and i guess he'd been sitting on the or he's been waiting for like audio engineering or something like that because he did soundboards some stuff happened and now it's like back on track so stuff should start coming out a little bit more uh frequently than it was yeah i'm excited to see it that was one of the cooler weekends i got sick that weekend and had to leave early too so i didn't get to see like anything cool so the fest took the fest takes place like it looks like like a giant warehouse or something it's right? a skate park yeah oh, it's a big sick. skate park that's it's dope. huge and so cold in there. So like, <laughs> we we played Thursday. The, the pre-show is Thursday, and then the fest is like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's all in the same building. And then on Thursday uh, or Friday morning, I woke up and I was sick. I didn't feel like I think I had like the flu. Dang. I watched I watched three bands that day. Went back to the hotel and just slept the entire day. And then rented a car the next morning and drove back. And then I, yeah, I had the flu when I got back. Oh, that's a bummer, man. Maybe it was yeah, COVID. I just kidding. That's, see, I, it, kidding. I don't know. They, they told me it was the flu, but I was just like, dude, I felt like death. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and thanks for sharing the story about the AT&T and, and throwing up before. Because, okay, so I, like yeah. as, as an outsider, like uh, I I like look at, you know, a band like Time and Pressure. And I'm just like, man, you guys are like the illest. And like you're just like, you know, like you would never be nervous before a show because you guys just rip. So <laughs> So that's like a really good, really good, uh, really good insight. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we were playing with a fill-in for that for that show too. Like Dave, our other guitar player, uh, is a pilot in the Air Force. Like he flies nice. uh, like tanker like tanker planes and stuff. And like three weeks beforehand, he's like, "Oh hey, like I can't make the fest anymore." I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> he's like, "I can't go. I have this thing for work." I was like, "What?" So it, it's not like. I'm like, dude, can't you just call off work? It's not one of those types of things. So like, we're just like, well, I guess we'll either like rock it as a four piece like we used to, or yeah. and then we ended up getting uh, the guitar player direct measure filled in because nice. he actually used to be in time and pressure like when we very very first started. Um, but yeah, he wasn't after a few months. But he ended up filling in. But yeah, it was just like, oh my god, like we're playing with a fill in. I'm like got caffeine in my blood at this point, like. Dude, three bangs is like over a thousand milligrams of caffeine. 
Nine hundred. Okay, nine hundred. Because I'm the one that does the overnight drives when we're on tour. Yeah. So like, I don't want to die. So I I'll drink two of those and then take like caffeine pills to stay awake. Because <laughs> I'm the one that book. I, like I book I book and route all of our tours and I do the night drives. Yeah. So like I'll put like an eight hour drive in there, but I'm just like, oh, I'll just get really caffeinated and just do that overnight. Like I did that when we drove from I think it was like Boston to Rochester. And I started like hallucinating towards the end. I was just like, "This sucks. Like, I'm so tired, but like, I can't. My body can't but stop moving." But your brain is just like so stimulated. Yeah, I definitely know that feeling for sure. Um, yeah, it's not fun. I don't. I. I I'm glad I've had like a year off from doing that because I feel like my heart was gonna fall out of my body. <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, so we got like 25 minutes left. So, how did time and pressure start? Um. Okay, I'll give you the quick. I moved away from St. Louis after my second daughter was born, moved to Ohio, uh, became a wuss and dropped out of hardcore for like a year. Uh, my wife got her job back and we moved back to St. Louis. I bought a guitar, reunited with my old band, realized how horrible of a mistake that was, sold the guitar the <laughs> next day. And then No Thanks, which is a band from Oklahoma, was playing a show that I booked here. Needed a bass fill in, fill in for them. Bought a guitar the next day, and then started. Write, I started writing like the demo I wrote. I wrote every song on the demo just about, um, just like at my house by myself. And then me and Drew kind of just like pieced together other members. The only three like original like very first practice members are me, Dave, and Drew. Uh, we had a drummer, but it didn't work out. So then we got Travis. Travis has been with us since, like, we formed, I want to say, in, like, February of 2018. And then Travis joined in, like, June. So he's basically, like, the only drummer we've had. I don't really count the other dude. Yeah. Um, and then we recorded the he, – he joined in June. We played our – or, no, he joined in May. We played our first show in June. And then we recorded the demo in August. Do you guys have fans in St. Louis that, like, know the words and go crazy at your shows? I would imagine so, right? Yeah, it's weird. That's cool, like, man. Like, none of us have been in a band that people like. So, <laughs> so, so, like, to be able to tour and, like, play fests like LDB and, like, play, like, just, like, it, it, play the cool stuff that we've gotten to do. It's just, like, it's weird still. Like, even still now, like, it's weird. Especially, like, the hometown show. Like, the home shows we play are always been fun. But, like, the last couple ones we started playing, we started touring out more. just got, like, better and better. And yeah, people like Drew's uh, sad lyrics. Some uh, a friend of ours got like a uh, uh, number seventy-five tattoo, and I was just like, "Dang, that that's next level like, that right sucks, there, man. man!" That's what I said. I was like, "Dude, I don't even have that crap." And I was like, "Good yeah. for you, I guess." Hopefully, no culture abuse stuff ever happens, and you got the you got the band tatted on them. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> cut that off with a cheese grater. <laughs> um, okay, so the demo, yeah, the demo's awesome. Um, I love the artwork on the demo. Uh, I don't know if it's like some kind of black flag like lookalike or if it's just like a design that you guys created on your own, but um, I kind of... Uh, yeah, no, that's just me. I did that. I've done most of our design. I didn't do our LP, but I've done everything else that we've done just about. So that's not you on the cover of the LP? I thought it was for sure you. No, no, that's... <laughs> just kidding. Uh... Oh, I thought... I... No, I meant designing it. I've designed like everything that we've done except for the LP. Okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've always just like had like that little jazzy style. That was like a thing from the very beginning that the, the bars on the front of the demo just like were just like an accident that I didn't, I realized it afterwards. I was like, Oh yeah, kind of do look like black flag bars. Okay. It kind of does, but it looks cool. It's like, it's cool. It's like really, I don't know. I, I really, I always, I always notice that when I, when it pops up on Spotify, like when I'm listening to it, I'm like, Oh yeah, it looks sick. Thanks. Yeah. That's, that was, uh, that was one of the first things I designed, like, for this band. I think I've done everything, like, merch-wise for us, too, for except for, like, maybe two or three shirts. It's cool because we don't have to spend money on design stuff. I'll just do it for free. Yeah, that is really cool, man. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the stuff you do on your um, on your Instagram, and it's, yeah, you're, you're very talented at design stuff. So did you do the... I saw I, I could have this completely wrong, but the internal affairs thing that's that's coming out. Did you help design mm -hmm. that uh, that little like flyer that they posted or that came out? Yeah, I did that whole thing. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Shout yeah, out I to mean, internal I, affairs. 
Yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, there's like other parts of that project that are coming out that I'm a little involved with, uh, like merch and like the record coming out. Like I know some deep, I can't really talk about it. Yeah, no, it's Bert, all good. Bert will fly to my house and, and shoot me in the face. <laughs> but like, uh, I think it'd be cool. People that really, people that like that band are going to be happy with, with the product when it comes out. I think it'd be neat. Yeah. So one of the first hardcore shows I ever went to was, uh, internal affairs in 108, um, at this little venue I grew up by and they were like one of the first bands I really saw live that I was really like, Whoa, like this is something different. You know what I mean? They're, they're pretty awesome. And they're, you know, from LA and everything. So. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. He's really excited about it. Like he's, that's like his little, his baby That's his project right now. He's really, (laughs) really excited about. For sure, man. Um, okay. So the gateway city sound LP, um, it's so good uh, from top to bottom. I mean, every single song from beginning to end. And I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing you. I really like it. <laughs> um, I I think I got turned on to Time and Pressure from One Step Closer. Like, um, I don't know, maybe it was like the end of 2019 or something. They posted like some Time and Pressure something, and that's how I got turned on to it. Um, and... Yeah, the the LP. It's cool because like in hardcore, I feel like it take it. Sometimes it takes a band maybe like two or three years to put out an LP. Um, mm. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but um, and you guys like just put out this this whole LP within like a year of putting out your demo. Uh, I just think that's really cool. Dude, the the LP was weird. the LP is supposed to be seven inch. Um, oh, okay. the A side, the A side were the new songs that we wrote for it. And the B side is just the demo remastered. Definitely. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's, it's an LP, but it's like, we didn't really count it as like a full length or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be initially a seven inch cause we got on with safe inside, uh, from the demo. Basically. I remember when we were like recording the demo, Bert was talking to drew about us releasing it through safe inside. So we've pretty much been a safe inside band since we started. Nice. And he's the one that pitched the idea because we wanted to do like just a one-sided LP. And he's like, well, why don't we just throw the demo on the back? It didn't really get a proper release aside from, from the demo tapes that we did. So we're just like, yeah, sure. So we threw it on there. And then the next record is like our first like actual like full-length LP. Nice. Um, so when you, when you recorded that, so you obviously have to like re-record the demo songs, right? No, those are the songs like from the demo. Oh, nice. Uh, they were just remixed a little bit and remastered um, by the guy who, like, by the people who we recorded the uh, the A side from. Okay. We went up to cool. Chicago and recorded with Andy Nelson up at Bricktop. Uh, Andy's done like every really good like hardcore release of like the last like ten years. Like, he did a bunch of he did like the last Foundation stuff. Uh, nice. He did like all the all the Weekend Nachos records, just stuff like that. So, and I think he did all of the True Love stuff, if not at least like the first couple releases. Yeah, those are so all, always went through them. Those are all great bands. Okay, Weekend Nachos was a <laughs> that's like a, the best band name ever, but that's a band that I came across, but I did I don't think I put them on the takeover. Are they where are they from again? Uh they they were from Chicago. Okay, th- maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah, Weekend Nachos. I remember that name. <laughs> Dude, great band. For sure. I I did listen to them a little bit, but I think that's why they didn't make it on cuz they're uh Chicago. Um mm-hmm. Okay, so so Drew's the uh, leads as the singer of your band. Does he write? Did he write like all the lyrics for all the songs on the LP? Yeah, yeah, he writes that novel. <laughs> okay, because there's like some lines on that uh, on the record that really like stand out to me that I really like. Um, but and I was gonna ask like maybe if you had written any of the songs, but I guess he would be the guy to talk to about the lyrics, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't hate myself enough to write that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to ask him. And I don't even know if you'd want to do that because you'd be on the phone for like six hours with him. That's all right, man. I'm a counselor, so like, you know what I mean? It's just like... <laughs> I mean, you know, he could benefit from it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I, I think I, I took a... I think over the last few weeks, I've really stopped to listen to the lyrics and... um Yeah, there's a lot of really cool... There's a lot of really cool lines on there. Um and there's a lot of, yeah, I just relate to a lot of it. And I think it's really cool. And it really reminds me of, of Ruiner, like just that type of, of, you know, really like, like raw and, and intense 
like just like that vulnerability yeah dude yeah that's the word i was looking for and i i you know as a person who you know i i i get that like i i spent a lot of years incarcerated in and living on the streets and and just like just like really hopeless and and uh I just really relate to that. And I feel like in, in the gateway city sound, like from top to bottom, like every single song is just like a real, like, yeah, it's like very vulnerable insight to the struggle of just like the human condition, you know, and like being heartbroken and just all that stuff. I just, it's just, yeah, he's like a poet, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've been in bands with Drew since I was, I don't know, I think like 21 and or no, probably younger than that actually. And it pains me to pay him a compliment. It really truly does. Uh but yeah, he's he's like easily the best like lyricist or like singer I've ever like worked with within bands and stuff like that. I've Drew's been my best friend for like over a decade now. So like I can say bad things about him, but nobody else is allowed to. But yeah, he's <laughs> he's a good like he's a great writer, but he's also like the worst. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, tell them that at least one person in California loves the record and means it, it, it really like hits home with me, you know? Um, so yeah, what I wanted to know is on the song scarring time, there's like, he says a thousand is a lexicon. And then he says, what we do is secret. And mm-hmm. so I was just wondering if there was any, like, if that had anything to do with the germs. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I know that the, what we do is secret line is a germs reference um i don't think he knows that i don't know if he really likes the germs that much he might i'm sure he'll listen to this and go, oh, i do like the germs i'm like that's cool <laughs> he can talk about it on another podcast i don't care but uh yeah i think it is that whole song is about like people who document hardcore so like videographers like photographers people who write zines just like people who document like what's going on in hardcore like at the time i always thought that was cool because i don't really hear a lot of other bands writing songs like about stuff like that yeah, dude, but, I don't uh, think I've ever, I mean, again, I'm not a hardcore historian, so I haven't heard like every hardcore record that's ever been created since the beginning of time, so I don't know, <laughs> but I can't, like, I yeah, that's like a really cool concept for a song, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think that's my favorite song on that record, just because like, that was my best impression of uh, trying to rip off the first step on that record, was, was that song. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's uh, I can I can definitely hear that. Um, okay, yeah. So before we run out of time, did we want to talk about the first step? Um, we can, <laughs> or we we can talk about the new record. Let, let's be honest. You've heard the new record. I have heard okay. it. Yeah. We can we can admit it. It's fine. I've sent it to like anybody I'm friends with. I'm just like, hey, you want to hear this? <laughs> so <laughs> it's cool. Uh, if you want to talk about that or the first step, I, I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, First Step was one of the first bands I got into uh, when I was when I was getting into hardcore. And they're just dope, dude. You know what I mean? Like just the whole just the I wish I could like imitate his voice, but I can't do it because I'm just going to sound like Kermit the Frog. But (laughs) I finally got a vinyl copy of what we know after wanting one for years and years, like I think a few like a month ago because I found a good deal on eBay for like 15 bucks. Yeah, I was supposed to go to their last show. I like, couldn't get off of work for it or something like that. I think I like worked at a Walgreens. And okay. I, I couldn't get off work, so I wasn't able to go. That's I watched the last show video. I think like last week actually. I was like, man, I should have went to this. I ha- when but when was that? Was that like it was two thousand nine? Like, okay, yeah. So it was a while ago. Yeah, I never got yeah. to see the first step. I saw Peace, which was like his band that he formed after, which pretty much sounded the exact same. <laughs> I saw I saw them at uh, this is hardcore pre show and like. 2011 i think it was cool like it was a surprise set like they just put out they have like one seven inch i think there's only a handful of songs it's like basically members of the first step and mindset nice and yeah it was cool it's a, it's a good record I, I don't think a lot of people like really paid much attention to it just because there was a million records just like it coming out at the same time but <laughs> yeah it's definitely a good like overlooked piece of like that band's history for sure um yeah what we know is just so good man it's like just like that it's time i can't i can't do the voice but and it's just I like <laughs> you know it's just like it's so good and then you like the um man i can't remember what song the, the what song when he's like uh tell you a story you know or, or a story about a guy i know who had faith in himself mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like such a cool uh he's like whisper he's like whisper preaching like whisper talking almost a little bit yeah but he like totally pulls it off with like the rhythm of the of everything else and but yeah 
Um, okay, yeah. So we have we had ten minutes. Um, I've I listened to the the new record like once through, um, and it's great. So if you want to talk as much about it as you can um, without like putting any spoilers or anything, um, yeah, we can definitely talk about it. Uh, it's cool. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it took us the longest. We spent the most amount of time on those songs than we have like anything else, I think. And I think it definitely shows it's good. Uh, it, you know, everyone grew as a musician like during the writing process of it, I think, too. And we do some cool stuff, do some more melodic stuff. There's a piano on like two tracks. I got to play nice. an acoustic guitar on one track, and like that was kind of cool, just because like I don't know. That was kind of pretentious. I was like, "Yeah, let's we'll put an acoustic guitar track on it. That'd be that'd be sick." And like, you you can like kind of hear it, but like not really. But like at the same time, it's there. But uh, yeah, I think it's Drew's like best lyrics. I think it's Travis's like best drum performance that he's like ever put down. Um, it's Blake's like first like LP. He was on this. Blake is our bass player. He joined in like 2019, like in the early spring part. So like. It's been like he's really excited about it too, and he's a lot younger than the rest of us. So like, his excitement kind of rubs off on everybody else. And I don't know. I'm just really excited for people to hear it. We approved the tests last night. Uh, everyone got their test presses in the mail yesterday. So I'm hoping that it comes out in like the summer, sometime like midsummer. There'll be pre-orders for it, and there's like some exclusives and like other cool stuff that like I can't talk about. I, I really <laughs> want to talk about. But, like, yeah, for sure. Um, but just stuff like that, I think it'd be fun. I I did the full layout of it. It's the first full LP layout I've done of, done, and I'm really really like excited, and proud of like how it turned out. So I'm excited for that to come out. And that's so it's cool, gonna be man. you know I'm not I don't want to say that it's gonna be the greatest hardcore record to ever come out of St. Louis, but I'm gonna say it's the greatest hardcore record to come out. Of that's what's up. So let's Louis, just like say ever. time and pressure headlines LDB Fest next year. Case closed. Yeah, I can throw up <laughs> twice. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> maybe maybe T-Mobile will call me and they'll scam me out of it. Oh, you should. I should like have someone. No, the prank call wouldn't work because you already know the get down with it. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I was so mad <laughs> after like I realized what happened. I had to like I had to like go and tell my wife because like the, our phone bill was like under her name. So I'd be like, hey, listen, I got scammed. <laughs> And like she, like she's in the room right now, and she's just staring at me because, like, I know as soon as we hang up the phone, she's just gonna like re-bring that up and make fun of me for it. But she, she's like, "What are you, ninety years old? Like, you were I mean, Like, how does that happen to you?" I was like, "I don't know, man. I was just like, going on. Yeah, you were I'm rolling stressed. up to play a big show, man. And we didn't even play until like hours and hours later. So like, I had no reason to be stressed, but I was just like, dude, I had two power punches this morning. I'm feeling, I'm feeling frisky. Like, I can't, I can't be bothered." <laughs> with AT&T right now. Uh, okay, one thing I did want to ask about the layout, like, so you're talking about the layout, I think that's something that's really, like, often overlooked on records. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, at least, like, I, I've interviewed a lot of people, so I, and, and talked a lot about artwork and stuff, so I definitely, like, take the time. And I'm not saying this in, like, a, oh, I recognize the art type of way. <laughs> I'm saying it in, like, I've interviewed a lot of people who have done artwork for records and stuff, so I kind of know the process behind it, so I can appreciate it. Um, mm. If you want to just talk, like, about that, like, how do, how do you even start something like that, and how does that process go, or how did um, it go for the New Timer Pressure record? So those guys, like, really just kind of trust me to do whatever. Um, and I'm annoying, so I'll send them, like, drafts of it the entire time I'm going through. I started – that layout, I worked on that layout for, like, nine months just because I kept changing, like, small, tiny little things on it. I would send them a change every single time I did it. And she's <laughs> like, hey, what you, is this look cool? And she's like, yeah, man, it's fine. Like, <laughs> Or, like, I don't see what you did different. And I was like, oh, I added this little <laughs> thing right here. And they're just like, yeah, it looks great. So, like, those guys just kind of, like, trust my direction on everything just because I've done, like, most of our art, and I, like, know what we're going to go for. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they've always just kind of just been like, yeah, just do whatever, dude. Like, it's cool. If we don't like it, we'll tell you. So, do yeah, you I mean, they just, I, it's it's cool. I'm fortunate enough to be in a band with people that are just like, yeah, man, do what you feel. And they're, they usually just roll with it. For sure. So do you design like the cover art first? And then, like, when you're saying the layout, are you saying, like, if there's vinyl pressed – um, you're talking like you design like the cover art and then like the inside or like, yeah, 
I usually start with the cover and then work my way to the insert and then like the labels and when I'm done with like all that and I have like a skeleton of it, I'll go back and add little things to it. Like uh, a lot of my stuff's inspired by like uh, like Reed Miles who did like a lot of the Blue Note records, like early jazz stuff. Yeah. And just a lot of that and then like uh, some rev like early rev designs and things like that. So it's a little mixture of both, but uh, I kind of just take a little bit of references from that and then just go with it, kind of flip it around to fit us a little bit better. For sure. I hope you put Drew's sad lyrics on the layout. Dude, that's my least favorite part of every <laughs> single, because like there's so many lyrics. He writes so many words and it's unnecessary. Cause I was like, dude, they might remember that crap. Like I'm remembering it though. Dude, he's puffing and puffing, trying to sing all that crap in front of people. I'm just like, come on, man, like, love yourself. You don't need to do all that. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the thing that takes the longest. I feel like he's trying to fit all of that stuff in. Well, dude, you guys are gonna like. I mean, you know, hopefully, time and pressure gets not like bigger, and I mean, like more and more fans, and then like people just go so wild at the shows that like the crowd sings like half the lyrics. You know? No, I hope everyone tells him that's too many words. <laughs> I hope that's like the main criticism. I hope every review that we get for this new record is just like, yeah, this record would be a lot cooler if there was a lot less words in it. <laughs> Dude, he dropped a Mary Shelley reference. That was like one of the coolest things I've ever heard in the song. <sighs> yeah, he's he's an English teacher. So Oh, uh, okay. Well It makes sense now. Checks right? out. <laughs> makes total sense, yeah. Yeah, he reads books and stuff. Anyway, I had time for that. <laughs> like we, we did a we did a weekend with Defeater. I was just like, what? oh my god, that's so English cool, dude! English English teacher hardcore is just merging right now. <laughs> it's I know they... like Derek, Derek Derek like cuts hair, like he, he's like a barber for a living, and then Drew's like an actual English teacher. So it's just funny that like people have always I've always heard Defeater referred to as like English teacher hardcore. It's just funny, like yeah, we did we did three shows with them in the Midwest. How just, was, it was that, just like, dude? It was cool. Like it, they were really nice. Um, they like ha- like picked us to do the shows. Um, Dude, but it was like cool, a man. really weird. W- like they were playing St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Chicago, and we pitched to play the sh- uh, the St. Louis date, and they were just like, "Oh, we're not sure like what they're doing, vocals and stuff like that yet. We'll let you know what happens." So they're very cool. And then that same day, I got an email from the Chicago promoter asking us to play. And then the same day, the St. Louis promoter told us, and then I was just like, "What is happening?" And then apparently, like. I took a nap and then I woke up and the Milwaukee person hit us up. I was like, well, I guess we're doing these three shows with the feeder. Dude, that's awesome. Um, that's so funny. English teacher, hardcore. I've never, dude, I, makes sense. <laughs> dude the nicest makes... people though. Like Derek's super cool. Like he, I did a bunch of uh, artwork for, for his label recently. And like we drew asked him at the end of that tour. He was just like, Hey, why are we here? Like just blunt. Like we're yeah. about to like load up the van and leave. And he's like, why are we here? And he goes, Oh, Oh, I just like your band. I saw you guys on Hate Five Six and Cat from Fum. I guess like told them about us, and then nice. we ended up playing those shows, and they ended up being real cool, nice dudes. I we talked to them. We talked to Derek like fairly often still. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a tape version of the LP coming out on his label. Nice, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, Defeaters like their whole catalog of music is like one, obviously like one big story, and it's yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty crazy to think about that. Um, well, I guess we're out of time, man. It's already 528. Jeez. <laughs> um, I didn't even stop to tell anyone who I was talking to. So people are probably like, who's this dude talking to right now? <laughs> dude, they don't, they don't need to know. They'll just find out, you know? That's right. Um, all right. Just we go- <laughs> Just Google the baddest band in the gateway city and you'll just know it's just us. That's right. Um, okay, so we've been uh, and James, thank you so much, man, for calling in the show. Uh, this is just a small community radio show that you know I try to just promote new hardcore releases and and bands that I really like and and play it on the radio because I feel like that's kind of a lost art. Um, and so to have you call in and join the show, it means a lot to me. Uh, thank you very much, and I love time and pressure. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing you, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. I, I found out because of Matt and you know, if, if Matt was, was down to come on, I know that you're uh, you're a good dude doing it for the, the right reason stuff. Yeah. Matt, thanks, Tyler would, Matt Tyler wouldn't be involved if he, if he didn't know that. So <laughs> yeah, no, me and Matt had a good, uh, 
me and Matt had a real good interview and, and, uh, yeah, we had a, we, we've connected really well and he's a good dude. And, uh, but yeah, so we've been, we've been talking to James Carroll, uh, guitarist of Time and Pressure, St. Louis hardcore band. Before the interview, we heard the Gateway City Sound LP, uh, in its entirety. You can find all their music on Spotify. Um, they're on Safe Inside Records and they have a new LP coming out sometime this year. And you can, Time and Pressure is also on Instagram. This show will also be uploaded to SoundCloud. So uh, when I, I'm not going to be home till later, but I'll, I'll get it uploaded to SoundCloud and I'll send you the link. Cool. All right, man. Thanks again. Uh, I hope it warms up over there in St. Louis. Um, I hate the Cardinals, by the way. And Dude, me too. <laughs> I don't care about baseball at all. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. I could chop it up for much longer, but the slot is up. So uh, you and your family have a great rest of the day. Take care, and and hopefully we'll we'll meet in person and do a in the studio interview on the next time and pressure West Coast tour. For sure, man. Thank you. All right, peace.